Hello and welcome back to the Flourishing at Wiccan podcast. This is our second instalment of sustainability podcasts with the wonderful Penny Stokes. Um, she needs no introduction now, so I'm handing straight over to her for our podcast. Thank welcome, you. Penny. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. And um, today we are joined by Miss Taylor, who is a geography teacher and also Shelburne House mistress. So thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me, Penny. Yes. Um, so today we're going to be talking about sustainability um, in both aspects of Miss Taylor's life here at Wickham. Um, so starting straight off, um, how would you say that sustainability has impacted your role as um, a housemistress of Shelburne? Yeah, I think uh, sustainability obviously is a very important part of um, how we should live our lives yeah. uh, and in the house what's been really interesting for me in terms of my role in being more sustainable is hearing the voice of the girls in the house uh, I think so much of sustainability is having that uh, mindset to make a very small change um, and having that uh, ambition and drive to just try and make a little bit of a difference so for me I've been really impacted by the discussions I have in house by the initiatives the girl, girls have put in for example collecting those little contact lens yes. you know the plastic <laughs> things uh, and sort of recycling those uh, you, making use of secondhand clothing that we've got in house uh, that's been a really really great thing for me uh, but also you know we do a lot in house to try and um, promote sustainability so obviously we recycle uh, all of our rubbish where we can uh, I'm trying my best to encourage girls to um, think carefully about how much washing they put in each day to try and reduce um, the washing that we do um, from a day-to-day -day basis uh, and just small things like that um, have been really helpful in just making a little difference. Yeah definitely and I mean little things can make a big difference and I've really also enjoyed how sustainability has been brought into community aspects so yeah. I remember for the charity event um, with the bonfire night, we did mm -hmm. charity uh, store with clothing, and that was really fun. Yeah, and Barry did very well, didn't they? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, and how do you think that you became passionate in sustainability? Um, it's a bit of a cliche, okay. but it, it's David. It's David Attenborough, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I think so much of sustainability is what we see in the media um, and what we're sort of fed by the, the big figures. And, and there is a huge amount of pressure on, on the government and on celebrities and people like David Attenborough uh, to promote sustainability, to live um, in a sustainable way that we can um, sort of mirror or at least do little bits of if we can. Uh, and so, yeah, I think... For me, it was it was growing up. Um, I am a bit older than you, but he is a lot older than me, so he's been around throughout my life. Uh, and just learning about the world from him has been really, really interesting and eye-opening and learning about the fantastic um, developments that have happened because of growing populations, but also the pressure that that growing population puts on our environment, our resources, our space. Uh, and so for me, that's what really drove me to become more interested in it uh, and also really inspired me to try and uh, teach others about it so that they can also be interested and perhaps um, make a difference to, to their day-to-day -day lives too. Absolutely. There's a lot of inspiring people out in the media with celebrities talking about it more, fundraising about not just sustainability, but also um, the bushfire events in Australia. I remember the power of the media to push for change when it comes to climate change related disasters mm. was incredible and really inspiring to watch. Yeah. Um, so how would you say that leaders can inspire 
um, to push politicians and also people in their daily lives to care more about sustainability and create actions. Yeah, I think a lot of sustainability is making sure people are informed to make the right decisions uh, and the decisions that uh, could be better for them, for their ancestors and for future generations and for the environment as well. So I think um, it's the job of leaders to inform people uh, and help them to see uh, what perhaps what the, the negative connotations of their actions are on the environment, um, but also what they can do in order to make a positive change as well. For example, I drive a car, which is terribly terrible for the environment, I'm sure, but there are other things that I have changed in my life because I am well informed um, about sustainability. So I don't think we should be putting pressure on people to change everything about themselves and, and make loads and loads of changes, but I think you know having that um, mindset and that information to make um, an informed decision uh, and also just um, leading by example I think you know leaders that's what leaders should do uh, and um, if you lead by example then other people will follow um, and will be able to see the actions that they can take in order to be more sustainable. Mm, absolutely and I think there are a lot of opportunities within this school to really be creative in how mm, that happens yeah. so how do you think as housemistress you can inspire perhaps like green reps or younger girls to think more and enact their change within the community? Yeah, I think the green reps are, you know, the, the mons positions in house yes. um, have a lot of um, power, I think, in terms of the, the way that they can lead and inspire the younger pupils and the staff as well, and the girls in their year and in upper six too. Uh, so I think just really giving them a platform to um, have a bit of a voice in house, come up with new initiatives. Um, I'm always keen to hear the ideas of, of the girls in my house, and I think, um, you know, the house identity and the house um, routines run because of what the girls have decided and, and you know really want to do to, to make a difference. So I think that their voice is really important. Um, but also from a geographical point of view, you know, in the geography department, um, if I was looking through every year group, and in every year group there is a topic that's linked to um, sustainability, uh, and that could be to do with energy, electric cars, for example, renewable energy. Uh, we have a, um, a unit on climate action, uh, which gives pupils the chance to put together their pledge for how they're going to make a difference to, to um, climate change. Uh, we talk about sustainability, not necessarily from an environmental side, and I think a lot of people don't realise that sustainability is also about development uh, and education as well, uh, and so there's a lot in that uh, in geography too. Uh, so we try and sort of, um, sort of drip feed it in where possible just to raise awareness, and it comes back to what I said you know, about being informed. And it's this idea of you know, thinking global and acting local. Think about the environment, think about the, the global resources, um, but what can we do on a smaller scale to make a very small change? Um, as Tesco says, every little helps. Yes. Um, what I love about sustainability is like how linked it can be in so many different career paths and the curriculum especially. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about sustainability through geography. Um, even in like paths that are becoming really creative like finance, mm. they're incorporating yeah. sustainability into all of that very technical stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to see how it evolves. How do you think it's evolved within the curriculum from when you first started teaching geography to now? 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, a boy that I used to teach did a master's recently on the um, part that climate action plays in the curriculum, and he found that um, there isn't actually much of a um, there isn't much that's compulsory that's linked to climate action. Uh, and but that's even now better than it used to be. Um, so when I first started teaching and when I was at school, uh, it wasn't really spoken about sustainability. It was something that we knew was there but it was always the next generation's problem or always someone else's problem um, and I think that mindset was really you know the wrong mindset uh, so it's great to see that it is being brought in to so many different topics you know looking at geography as an example uh, every topic that is in the syllabus for GCSE and A level there is an area on climate change on a, on a sort of long-term scale so you can learn about those changes but also in the short term what what has happened to sustainability more recently uh, but this also is encompassed in biology, in um, other subjects as well, well-being. Um, I know that sport do a lot about sort of um, be, staying healthy and being outdoors and making the most of the environment and recycling and waste and that sort of thing, food waste for example. Um, so I think it, it has been brought into the curriculum more which is really exciting uh, and I think we will only see more of it uh, in the curriculum as, as we go forward um, and through to university as well there are um, courses at university if you study geography on sustainable development uh, on climate change and, and uh, all sorts of things linked mm -hmm. to that yeah I think that links really well to your point before about how it's important that we stay informed mm. about recent changes. Yeah. There's been a lot going on with world affairs, with mm. COP26 and all of that, which has been really interesting to keep updated on how it's been weaved into our school curriculum. Mm. Um, talking about recent events, how do you think COVID has impacted sustainability in your part of the school, but also in the wider community? Yeah, we were talking about this today in, in geography with you, yes. weren't we? Um, and we were saying that um, actually there was there were a lot of articles that came out during COVID uh, that said we were being a lot more sustainable um, because we weren't travelling anywhere. So the amount of um, carbon emissions went down a huge amount, for example. Uh, the amount of fossil fuels we um, burned went down a huge amount, which is why petrol prices were a lot lower. Mm. Uh, so there were sort of really large scale um, positives, I guess, from that sort of hiatus in movement <laughs> for, for two years. But yes, there were absolutely some negatives. Um, there's a lot more uh, waste from PPE, single-use plastics, for example. Um, I think, you know, we were at home. I, I wonder if our mindset changed a little bit. I think comes back to the media again, we were only really talking about COVID, we weren't talking about anything else and, yeah. and everything was sort of paused and that the, the um, cut deforestation of the Amazon was put on pause in terms of our understanding of it, but it was still happening. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was an impact as well, the sort of mindset of it all and, and our understanding. Um, but yeah, I think uh, COVID has had an interesting impact in terms of um, the way we've lived our lives for, for two years. I think it's allowed us to see that we can live perhaps a more sedentary lifestyle that might be better for the environment. Um, and I think it's sort of opened our eyes to the impacts of uh, you know, single-use plastics and litter. Um, there are a lot of scary articles out there with pictures of um, sort of masks in the sea. Yeah. And, and I know that the amount of litter from masks was, was, was huge. Uh, and that's something that I think will will take some time to to sort of um, recover from actually. Yeah. yeah, it was also interesting to see how COVID has impacted our habits as well because a lot of business trips and mm. things like that. I certainly yeah. took less planes. Yeah, um, and all of the mileage that was saved mm -hmm. and how 
we can use Zoom for so many more things than we previously mm-hmm. thought. Um, so that's been another interesting thing about COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you think that pause that you mentioned accelerated our drive for climate action, sustainability, and environmental focus, or do you think it dampened that spirit? Um, I don't necessarily think it had a huge impact. Uh, I think on the short term, it probably, as I say, just we sort of forgot about it a little bit, I'm, I'm probably afraid to say, um, because it just wasn't in our minds. And I think, again, that comes back to the, the role that the media play and, and in what we see in social media as well, in terms of um, what is sort of prominent in our minds. Uh, I think... Um, I don't. I think that there was going to be a natural acceleration of our um, sort of want and need to be more sustainable because of the rapidly increasing uh, population, because of uh, you know the uh, what you mentioned the wildfires, the increase in uh, tropical storm events, for example, because of changing uh, climate patterns. So um, I think there was always going to be a natural sort of progression where we were going to have to become more sustainable. Um, and I think maybe it paused us in terms of our infrastructure. You know, I think we had to put a lot of time and money and effort into developing um, the COVID vaccine, for example, yes. and, and other things that perhaps were more pressing at that time. So I think we now need to get back on that horse again and, and look at developing infrastructure that is more renewable. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, previously in our other episode, we discussed about building new infrastructure with mm-hmm. Mr. Mackenzie Crooks. Um, so how would you say that students can fix their behaviour around school with sustainability, just in house or in class? Yeah, I think um, part of it is just uh, sort of buying into it, I guess. So having those discussions about sustainability and having an awareness of what impacts we have on the environment and on future generations as well. And I guess through that, um, it could be attending sustainability talks, it could be coming to, for example, the Ripple Africa talk last week when there's a charity person in, it could be uh, just paying a little bit more attention in geography, uh, for example, and I think that sort of will help with that sort of mindset side, side of things. Um, and linked to that, perhaps doing more research and reading into it, you know, you're obviously really, really passionate and interested in it, so I assume you're doing extra reading and, and research into it, which is a really great thing. Uh, but in terms of our actions, there are lots of small things that we can do to make uh, a little bit of a difference. So thinking carefully about food waste, uh, making sure that we um, only take what we need um, or want to eat, for example, thinking about how much food we bring back to school, the perishable items, for example, uh, making use of those um, huge piles of unnamed clothes in house yes. rather than buying new clothes, you could make use of those, uh, turning lights off when you leave the room, small things like that. Just taking a second, or maybe more than a second, longer out of your day just to think which bin shall I put this piece of rubbish in as well. Uh, And I think little actions like that can eventually make um, a big difference. You know, if you multiply that by 600 people in the school, by however many people in High Wycombe, by everyone in the UK, it becomes that domino effect which um, can generate really, really positive change. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of discussion in school and it's really encouraging and exciting to see Mm. the path that sustainability is taking within the community. Um, So, leaving on an optimistic note for that, thank you very much to Ms Taylor for joining us. Yeah, it's lovely to speak to you and and well done for putting the podcast together. It's really fun to chat to you. Thank you very much. Back to Mr Jones. And thank you to everyone uh, for listening to this and a particular thank you to Penny for hosting this series of podcasts so well. 
please do stay listening for just a few more minutes while I talk to Penny about her experience of hosting these podcasts. But from the Flourishing at Wickham sustainability episodes, mm -hmm. thank you very much and stay flourishing. Penny, well done. How did you find that? It was very confronting at first, but it was a really enjoyable experience. Um, and I'm very happy to be talking about something I'm very passionate about, which is really wonderful. Did you find uh, is it a different way to have a conversation when you know something's recording you in the background? It is a little bit disconcerting. I can see the timer going at this <laughs> moment. Um, but as soon as you get into the swing of it, it, it is like a normal conversation, I think. It's wonderful to be able to talk to your teachers this way. Yeah, I and mean, that was going to be my next question, really. I yeah. mean, do you find your conversations with Miss Taylor, Mr. Mackenzie Crooks, they were different? It was a nice opportunity to speak to them in a different environment. How did that feel? It is certainly a different environment. I mean, Miss Taylor taught me for all of GCSE, so this is roles reversed. Um, but it is, it's really lovely. It's really lovely. And a career in media for you, or...? Oh, let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I do like being on this end of the mic, though. <laughs> well, you'd be well suited for it. Thank you again, and uh, it's been brilliant to hear you. Thank you very much.